This is The Switch, finding solutions to support sustainable living and combat climate change at the individual level. Brought to you by the Fur Bearers. I'm Michael Howie, and I'm here with Dr. Anna Zacherson to talk about urban meadows. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Zacherson. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Now, let's talk about urban meadows. It seems like the kind of thing that should be around, but maybe we realize very quickly in some areas there's a complete lack of meadow, of, of this important ecosystem. Could you tell us more about why it's important to try and keep urban meadows or create them? Yeah, well, uh just mowed uh, grasslands are essentially biodiversity desert. It's, it's nothing there. It's some, some sort of uh, pre-vegetated uh, grass type that you put out there, maybe one or two different types. And then we mow it to a few centimeters of height, or uh, I don't know what, what uh, units you use, mm -hmm. but equivalent to your unit. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and it basically is just uh, not a natural environment at all. And it does not support really anything except for there has there's some retention capacity but even there when you cut the grass like we do uh, it basically also loses its retention capacity over the hot summer months when you actually need it the most because it's been cut off and then dried out and often turned brown mm -hmm. basically meaning that it's not evapotranspiring at all and not cooling at all so um, it's extremely important to bring back this uh, natural biodiversity into our cities as well with the urban meadows maybe just telling what an urban meadow is. Yeah, let's go there. So, <laughs> what is an urban meadow? In my brain, it's obvious, but I guess uh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. someone who has spent the last, you know, two days looking at urban meadows online <laughs> for research. So what is an urban so, meadow? An urban meadow is basically a natural meadow that is in, in an urban area. Mm -hmm. So instead of forcing certain species uh, with weed killers and, and uh, nutrient additions and irrigation, you basically let uh, wild seeds uh, take uh, take root and grow and create this natural urban uh, meadow with the local flora that is basically supposed to be there. That's basically in a few yeah. sentences. Whatever. And it, it's funny because you, you you have an idea. Again, it's one of these things where you hear the words mm. in your mind. And you think, well, what could that be? It it must be something elaborate. Mm. No, it's. It's pretty simply not screwing with the natural way of the land in an urban center <laughs> yeah. intentionally. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what what are some of the benefits too? So when we go from the the monoculture, you know, grass lawn, uh, and again, we we it's just centimeters and inches. We're not weird in Canada. We uh, we grow up with both. Um, but you know, it's it's it is. It's a couple of centimeters, an inch and a half lawn. Uh, and maybe an inch or two of soil and then clay, for example, in my neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So why then would meadow type ecosystems work better than that short grass? Because it has a mixture of different types of root systems. Mm -hmm. So you have uh, long roots that, that grow far into, into the soil and basically can access deep lying water. You have uh, creepers that might uh, just have the roots in a very shallow. So they might grow fast and take over first. And then you have a succession where basically other species come in. And this natural succession is also very, very important. So in the end, you basically end up with the species that are the most acclimatized and, and feel, feel the best where they are basically. For example, if you have nitrogen fixing at lupins or something like that, they might do very well on a very nutrient poor uh, lawn. 
um, and and the other the other seeds that you have they might not grow very well but at least you know they start and then they take over and then more come and, and so on so so um this variety basically creates a much more stable environment and and also the fact that soil becomes much more porous through the roots that are penetrating further down and this in turn creates a better uh, soil um, uh, soil environment and soil ecology basically and also leads eventually leads to better accumulation of carbon to the soil as well which is something that we're very interested in nowadays yes uh, carbon sequestering yeah. is huge in meadows and i i would wonder though you know in southern ontario again growing up dandelions were the enemy we had to get rid of <laughs> all of the dandelions and now we let the dandelions grow and it's fascinating yeah. to me because i remember as a kid that the the amount of effort and time that would be put into getting rid of these things it's all about fashion really yeah i mean it doesn't it's nothing really to say that oh that a, a well manicured lawn is more of a of a status symbol than than anything else i think yes. <laughs> than actual uh, than actual aesthetics i think um but fair enough in some places uh, well manicured lawns look really nice i mean i i agree with that but in 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 most cases i'll say in 80 percent of the cases an urban meadow would actually be a, a much better uh, solution, especially as they're much lower maintenance. Yeah. So you might just mow them um, once a year, maybe twice, and then uh, you just leave it and you let it do whatever it does. And then the, the animals come in, you get a reduction in, in pest animals as well. And also one thing I think is beautiful here in Berlin, where I live in the urban meadows, is that you see kids actually rediscovering nature. Mm -hmm. Because I was quite shocked. I grew up in Sweden, so we learn a lot about nature um, in, in school and kindergarten and so on. And I was quite shocked when I realized that my daughter's friends, and also, also my daughter, I'm afraid to say, um, actually didn't know much about nature at all, the, the plant names. They didn't yeah. know the ones that are common that grow around here. But now with the urban meadows, they are reconnecting with that. And they're actually discovering different plants and there's bees and, and butterflies and mm -hmm. other kinds of insects all over the place and a few really, really lovely foxes that have moved in and basically keeping keeping our rat population because the Berlin rats are quite famous and they're actually keeping down the rat population now and incredible. the urban meadow is here and we see birds of prey as well and yeah, it's just lovely. It's just so much nicer than having some brown out uh, grass that, you know, theoretically should look nice, but it, it doesn't because they don't, they can't afford irrigating it anyway. So. Well, and that's, I, I grew up in the suburbs with the cookie cutter lawns and it's, mm -hmm. it's so bland to me. I mean, yeah. I'm a person who openly enjoys loud color and exciting things like that mm -hmm. around me and my walls are Kermit green in my office, mm -hmm. but it's, it's it's dull to me to see that just manicured within an inch of its life so it exists in this sort of uh, almost frozen way um yeah. but at the same time municipalities have rules you can't let your grass grow a certain length and this and that and you know there's issues with long grass related to ticks for example in ontario now mm. um which carry the virus that causes lyme disease and all of these other things mm. so for me what i've chosen to do is manicure parts of the grass where i have been told by the person whom i live with need to be manicured and mm -hmm. the areas that we use in the backyard but then i've left two to three feet of just completely unkempt wild mm. natural plant life along the back fence and along the fences at the side of the property, mm. uh, we're letting stuff grow up as well 
to try and create corridors through the property. So yes, we're still keeping space flat and clean for us to use, but we're creating, we're trying to sort of blend those two concepts. And Mm. I feel like that's maybe an approach some people can take when you don't have the ability to do everything. Yeah, I think that's a very, very important thing to to stress. It's not about being perfect or what is perfect, really. It's about doing something and maybe setting aside, even if it's just two square meters you can set aside. I mean, mm-hmm. that is still going to be a, a make a difference because the more refuges and the more um, bridges we create for, um, like you, you just spoke about, the better is it. So it's... Um, it's one step at a time, just a tiny bit here and a tiny bit there, and eventually it ends up being a large thing if you look at it from a city scale perspective. Absolutely. So that is Urban Meadows. And if people would like to learn more about Urban Meadows or get in touch with you to learn about the work you do with green roofs mm-hmm. and everything else, where can they go? Well, they can go to the Green Roof Diagnostics website and write to me over the contact button there. All right, and we're going to have links in the show notes. And thank you again so much for joining us, Doctor. Thank you very much. Want to learn more about this week's episode and how your choices can benefit wildlife and their habitat? View the show notes in your app or visit DefenderRadio.com. To learn more about the fur bearers, visit TheFurBearers.com or find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow host Michael Howie on social media with at HowieMichael on Instagram or Defender Radio Podcast on Facebook. Subscribe or follow Defender Radio to get notified about new episodes of The Switch and Defender Radio right on your smart device. Thanks for listening.